0: Good morning, Maple Grove. I gotta tell you, singing that song, I couldn't wait to that, my favorite part. The King is among us, and his glory surrounds us, and revival is falling as we sing, and the Savior is for us, and his love is victorious. Maple Grove, you may not be able to see him, but the King is among us, and your Savior is for us. And I really believe that revival is arriving as we sing. Hey, I, I want to start off this morning. How you doing, darling? She so forgot to move my screen. That's all right. You do so many things well. This one thing is all right. <laughs> Anyhow, hey, I I want to start off, and remember the king's among us, so he's watching if you're listening, Um, reading some words that Luke recorded in the 15th chapter of his gospel, beginning at at verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. Someone say, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who don't need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the floor, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin." In the same way, someone say, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Heavenly Father, we humbly come into your presence this morning. God, we know whether we acknowledge or not that the King is among us, and we know that his glory surrounds us. And God, I pray that this morning as we lean into your word that our hearts will be open and responsive, Lord, that whatever you tell us to do, we say yes. Lord, I pray that you help me to to share your truth in a way that brings you honor. Help me to, in no way, get in the way of all that you want to accomplish. And Lord, I believe that you can do great things in our time of study today, I believe, but help me with my my unbelief. Amen. Okay, let's do this. This morning we're going to be wrapping up our deep dive into Matthew chapter 10, Jesus' mission discourse. And I got to tell you, what an intense, challenging, inspiring, motivating, get-in-your-face chapter of God's alive and active word. I mean, those who've had ears to hear have heard some powerful life and priority-changing stuff. Amen? We've gone down deep, and we came up wet. Now, listen, here's the deal. 2,000 years ago, Jesus told 12 ordinary average guys, this is who you are. You're my apostles. You're my ambassadors. You're my envoys. You're the ones that I am sending out to make me known. And, and these are your instructions. Your It's time to go principles. And here's what you can expect. It's not going to be easy. You might get hurt. You will be persecuted. Many of the world will not want to hear the message of the kingdom. In fact, Jesus says, beginning in verse 17, behold, listen, pay attention, I'm sending you out like sheep. Yes, Jesus the good shepherd is sending you and I out like clueless, directionless, defenseless sheep among wolves who will want to stop destroy and devour us and who are those wolves Jesus tells us that they are the religious those who believe differently than we those who believe differently than we do ungodly governments and even our own family therefore Jesus says be as shrewd as serpents in other words be wise be prudent be observant be aware Be smart in choosing your battles and sharing about the kingdom. Do not pick unnecessary fights. And always, like a serpent, employ great discernment in order to minimize or escape the danger that surrounds you so that you'll be alive long enough to share my message. Be as shrewd as serpent and as innocent as doves. In other words, be pure and unmixed. That's what that word innocent means. Be pure and unmixed in who you are in your identity, you are a child of God, you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are his representative. Be pure and unmixed in who you are to please, God and God alone. Be pure and unmixed in how you are to live and be pure and unmixed in, in about what is true and what is false, what is evil and what is good. And last week as we dove down into Matthew chapter 10 verses 18 to 31, we heard Jesus tell his guys and us that that even when you stand before men who literally hold your life in their hands, you still can be fearless. If you, see, if you seize your purpose, and your purpose is to be a, a witness to them and to the nations about who Jesus is and what his kingdom is all about. Matthew 10, verse 18. Uh, we can be fearless if we tap into the power, if we allow God, our Father, and his Spirit to speak through us to give us the words to say, Matthew 10, 19 and 20. Uh, We can be fearless if we hold on to the promise that if we stand firm, we will be saved. We We will be brought safely to our heavenly home. Matthew 10, verse 22. We can be fearless when we remember God's plan for our lives. His plan for your life and mine is that we become more and more like Jesus. And when we become more and more like Jesus, if they hated Jesus, they will hate you. If they persecuted Jesus, they will persecute you. Matthew 10, 24 and 25. And we can be fearless if we maintain our perspective. If we remember that we will be vindicated. Truth will triumph in the end. There's nothing hidden that will not be made known. All the things about God, all the things we believe about God, say about God that our world mocks one day will be made known and be shown to be true. We can be fearless when we remember to venerate. I was working hard with these V's. you got to forgive me, right? Venerate, right? That means when we revere and fear God above all, we'll be fearless. Jesus said this, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body. That sounds something to be afraid of, right? Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And we can be fearless if you remember that we are valued, that we matter to God a very much a lot. I did that, I wrote that on purpose because I thought it sounded good, right? It may not be grammatically correct, but it's Steve correct, right? We matter to God a very much a lot. If God knows when a sparrow falls to the ground, if he's actually literally numbered each one of hairs on your head, how much more does he care about you, especially what you're going through because you declared and displayed his kingdom. Matthew ten twenty nine through 31. And that's where we've been in our deep dive. And the Jesus mission discourse. And here's our text for today. As we wrap up this study. It's another good one. Jesus says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. He who receives me, he who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives the one who sent me. Anyone who receives a prophet receives a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. And that is our text for today, October the 1st, 2023, the first day of the final quarter of the year 2023. And before we dive into that, just a few real quick reminders, okay? Um, uh, First one, uh, Courtney mentioned it, I'm just going to mention it again. We're having our block party next week for the townhouses there, townhouses there, townhouses down the road, and for our neighbors. And and, uh, it's from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. This is my cell phone. And I want you to text me. You can grab your phone right now. Some of you are in already. You're looking at the sports. Yeah, yeah, the Orioles won last night. I know you're happy about that, okay? But text me if you're coming. Yeah, hey, yeah, I'm coming. And if you're coming, you bring a side to share. And, and this is an opportunity, right? I'm going to invite the guys. I'm going to tell the, the project manager, Randy, hey, Randy, make sure your guys know that are hammer and nails. Come on over on Saturday Grab a burger, grab a hot dog, grab something to drink. We want to serve them as well. It's an opportunity just to meet some people. Who knows? You may have a conversation that God has already predetermined, a divine appointment that he said, hey, there's this person that God knows that if you're there, you'll share something with them that will really encourage them. And, and so it, uh, that's my phone number, you know, and, and I'm not doing a show of hands or fill something out. You know, you need to text me. Huh? Huh? I don't know if it's, oh, I got some. Okay, okay, you know what, I need to turn it back on, because it sounds cool. All right, there's one. Okay, that's the four that came in that you didn't get to hear, all right? Uh, But again, you know, if you're available, you you should come, right? You should come. And after you hear the message today, you're probably going to want, hey, see, what's that number? Because I'm coming, right? All right, Um, here's the next announcement. Um, you know, invite Sunday is October the 15th. There we go, alright? And, and, uh, and that's just where we're, we're having a, you know, another hot dogs and bounce house and that's, on that Sunday we're kicking off a new series, Jumping Out of Matthew, four conversations about grace. This is when you, you invite a neighbor, a co-worker, a friend, a family member who doesn't go to church or needs Jesus and say, hey will, will you come to church on this Sunday? We're having a barbecue, a yeah, we're going to kickball game, we're going to throw a Frisbee, we're going to do all this fun stuff. Hey, do you want to come to that? We have these cards on the back you can give them. It has our service time, it has our website, and, and say, hey, here you go, would you like to come, right? And, and if you don't, guess what, if you don't invite that person, they're not going to come, right? If you invite them, they may not come, right? But they, they might. And so please be involved in that. Now, something else. It's the first Sunday of the fourth quarter of the year 2023. And and I think the fourth quarter could be your best quarter. And as I think about fourth quarter comebacks, this is Super Bowl 51. As you can see, there are four minutes and 49 seconds left in the third quarter. It's 38. New England is down by 28-3 to against the Atlanta Falcons, right? what's going to happen? I've watched it a hundred times since. And I, I don't get stressed now when I watch it because I know the ending. And I always say that's how we should be about our life, right? We know the ending. We win. We're in heaven forever, right? So, don't get stressed out if the scoreboard doesn't look good right now in your life because in the end, you're going to win and you're going to be with Jesus. Amen? Uh, but fourth quarter comebacks are great. And, and they came back and they won. And what I'm going to do right now, we're going to take two in just a second. And during take two. I'm going to pass these little buggers out to you. And, and uh, Uh, This is the Groves 2023 Finish Strong Commitment. And at prayer last Sunday, I brought this out because this is pretty much, except for a few tweaks, something I did in 2013, 10 years ago. And so with the guys in the prayer group, I pulled this out and I said, guys, let's go over this and love it or list it, right? I said, hey, do we love it or list it? Get rid of it. And, And so they said, love it, love it, love it. And so you can see here, here's these commitments I'm asking people to make. Participate in faith comes from hearing. Now, I'm going to be sending out, I invited some already, but I'll go through our text and email. We're doing a brand new uh, chapter a day, Word of God speak. It'll begin with the Gospel of Luke. That starts on tomorrow, okay? And, and so you can say, hey, I'll check that off, I'll do that. Pray for Maple Grove and her leadership three times each week. Uh, 10 church, 10 of the last 13 Sundays, right? You know, um, serve in my ministry with renewed passion and purpose, right? If you're like, gosh, it's, I got to serve again. You know, I don't want to. I did that last Sunday, right? I got to go preach again. I don't really want to. All right, renewed passion and purpose. Um, or maybe find a place where I can serve at Maple Grove. Share my faith or invite one person to church. Invite Sunday could knock that out for you, right? Um, Give more financially to the work at Maple Grove in the fourth quarter than any previous quarter this year. Engage my community one time through service. Compassion Sunday's coming up. Man, I'm giving you some fat softballs right over the plate, right? Right over the fat part of the plate. Each week, give a word of encouragement to at least two people. It could be a family member, a friend, coworker, someone in this room. It's two, two times each week, you send a card, a text, an email. I tell you, if you send a letter through the mail once they get over the shock, they got literal mail that's not an advertisement, they'll probably save that. That you took time to write a handwritten note to let people know, hey, I, you know what? I really appreciate you, and I just wanted you to know that. And, and so, when I'm, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take two, and I'm going to have some friends. Courtney, likes it. I'm going to have some friends help me pass these out, you know, while you're just meeting people. And you're going to take this home with you, and you're going to pray about it. And you can either bring it back next week once you fill out what you're going to do. It's got your name, your email, your cell number so I can stalk you after you make your commitments. You know, so I can pray for you and encourage you. Uh, but either bring it back or take a picture and send it to me. And I guarantee that if we do this, it like there's nothing unbiblical there. Matter of fact, these are things we should already be doing, right? And so... I guarantee if you do this, you'll find your spiritual life deeper, and we'll find this church stronger, which I say is, is a win for everybody. Amen? amen? So, hey, take two, get up, welcome those around you, and some of my friends will help me pass these out. <laughs> Heavenly Father, help us as we do some more study of your word. Give us open hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, with these cards, you can fill it out. i have a, I have a basket you can put them in um, next week. But I don't want you to fill it out. You know, really think about it and pray about it, right? And, and then, you know, if you don't want to bring it back, just snap a picture and send it to me, all right? So we just keep track and we can pray for each other. Um, okay, I, I, here's how we're going to tack these 11 verses. We're going, to, we're going to unpack three statements. Acknowledge Him publicly, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Love him supremely, Matthew 10, 34 through 39. And then rejoice with him expectantly, Matthew 10, 40 through 42. All right? So first acknowledge him publicly. Jesus says, whoever, and, and, and this is a word that just means all or everyone. Okay? Whoever acknowledges me, and, and that word acknowledge is the, the word homologeo, and it means to confess, to declare, to affirm it means to say the same thing. It, it, it means to identify with. Whoever acknowledges, acknowledges me before others. It's this word acknowledge, homologeo, is the same word that's used in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, uh, where Paul writes, if you confess, if you declare, if you affirm, if you agree with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. For if the heart, one believes and is justified, if the mouth one confesses, one declares, affirms, and is saved. It's the same word that John uses in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, uh, where he says, you know, if we confess, if we agree, if we say the same thing about our sin that God does, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins. Whoever acknowledges me before others, in other words, whoever publicly before others confesses, declares, affirms, identifies with Jesus saying, hey, this is who Jesus is. He is God the Son. He is the Word become flesh. He is our Savior, our Creator, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And whoever confesses that I belong to him, he's my Lord, and my life is his alone. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Uh, Yesterday, and our faith comes from hearing devotional, it it began with these words. A wise person once said to always live with the end in mind. To always live with the end in mind. And, And when I read that yesterday, my mind immediately thought about the end that I and everyone who's ever lived, We'll one day find ourselves in, when we're standing before the throne and judgment seat of God. And Jesus is saying in Matthew 10 that if we have acknowledged Jesus for others, at that moment, he will acknowledge us before the Father. Jesus talks about that many times in Revelation. He said in Revelation 3.5, the one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white, I'll never blot out their names from the book of life, but I will acknowledge them, I will affirm them, I will affirm that name before my Father and his angels. I mean, seriously, think about it. One day, you will find yourself standing before the throne in judgment seat of God in all his glory. With thousands upon thousands, with 10,000 times 10,000, that's 100 million angels crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. With the 24 elders bowing before the throne, with everyone crying out, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Yes, we are to live with the end in mind. So there I am, one day standing before that throne. I don't know about you. I'm pretty sure that my heart will be pounding and racing. My knees will be knocking, my palms sweating. As I stand there before God in all his power and glory and holiness... I'm pretty sure that I might begin to think, do I even have a right to be here? Am I going to be okay? And then I hear the voice of Jesus thunder as he puts his right arm around me, and he says, I'm a Father. This one, Stephen Miles Malone, he is one of mine. He belongs to me. And then I hear the Father say from his throne, well done and welcome to your forever home, Steve. Come and share in my joy and my happiness for all time. And listen, if just the thought of that moment does not get your happy juice flowing, I need to check your pulse. Amen? Amen? Whoever acknowledges me, declares me, affirms me before others, I will acknowledge, declare, and affirm before my Father in heaven. Now, verse 33. Whoever disowns me before others. The word disown or Naomi means to deny, disown, disregard, to renounce, to reject. It's the word used in Matthew 26 to describe Peter, when he denied knowing Jesus. It's a word used in Acts 3, verse 13, when Peter is preaching at the temple and he's telling the people, you handed Jesus over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate. It's a word used in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, when Jesus said that anyone who wants to follow him must deny, must disown, must disregard, must renounce and reject their very life, taking their cross daily. It's the word used in 1 John two twenty three. no one who denies a son has a father. Whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. A wise person once said to always live with the end in mind. Now, I think y'all would agree that denying Jesus before men is not a good thing. It's not a good place to be. Like if we... Deny, disown, disregard, renounce, reject him before men, then we do not have the Father. And Jesus will deny, disregard, disown, and renounce us before the Father. That one is not one of mine. That one does not belong to me. Again, this is serious stuff. Stuff that deserves both our attention and our reflection. Amen. So, we want to ask, I think, a good question is well, how do I deny him? I can think of at least three ways that we can deny Jesus. We deny Jesus by the very words that we say, right? Again, Peter, three times, right? Even the point when he said, I do not know the man. But I think it's worth pointing out that Peter did not stay in that state of denial, did he? Peter repented. In the rest of his life, we find him not denying Jesus, we find him affirming Jesus, confessing Jesus, declaring Jesus. And here's the point we all follow Jesus imperfectly. Listen, we have and we will mess up and miss the mark. Not only in acknowledging Jesus, but in actually living the life he's called us to live. And when we do, our response should be like Peter, to repent, to confess, to say the same thing. Hey, what I did or didn't do, God, that that is wrong, and to change our course and once again do the things that God has called us to do. I mean, the Christian life is about repenting and repenting and repenting. At least my life is. Maybe you got it together. I don't. It's repenting, acknowledging. We can also deny Jesus by our silence. Like a guy named Joseph, he was from a town called Arimathea. He was a member of the Sanhedrin, uh, the Jewish people's supreme court. John writes this in John chapter 19. Jesus has breathed his last. He shouted, it is finished, the telestai. His side has been pierced. And we read this. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. And now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus... But secretly, because he feared the Jewish leaders, with his permission, he came and took the body away. See, we can deny Jesus by our silence. Bottom line, if people that we're around have no idea that we're Jesus' follower, have no idea that we love him, that we serve him, that our life is all about him, it's not a good thing. A third way we deny them is by our actions. By living just like the world. By living 180 degrees from what God has called us to. Paul writes about this in Titus 1.16. They claim to know God. They got t-shirts, bumper stickers, and preach on Sundays. But their actions, by their actions, they deny him. Is that a big deal? I don't know. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for anything good. Whoever disowns me for others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. I mean, can you imagine the sheer horror of one day standing before the throne of judgment seat of God? And hear Jesus say, Abba, Father, he, she is not one of mine. I do not even know them. Wow. And I get it. This is some heavy, not so fun, extremely uncomfortable stuff. And you may be feeling like, come on, Steve, lighten up. Why such tough teaching, such hardcore, in-your-face teaching the last few weeks? So then I say, hey, these are not my words, they're the words of Jesus, and and we're just going through the Gospel of Matthew, VXV, verse by verse. And and listen, I, I am more concerned about you and I being faithful than having fun and being comfortable Understand, we need to live our lives on this earth however many years the Lord gives us with the end in mind. And again, by the end, I'm talking about the day when every one of us in this room, one day will stand before that throne. And as your pastor, I want you to hear, as Jesus puts his arms around you, Abba, Father, he She is one of mine. They belong to me. And I want you to hear your father say, well done, and welcome to your forever home. Come and share my joy and happiness for all time. I don't want any of you, any of us, to hear, it's not one of mine for every opportunity I have as we go through the Bible. I was telling a friend yesterday, this verse by verse has made me seem more hardcore than I've ever been in my life. But listen, every opportunity that comes along and are said together, I will drill down on this truth, even though it's not fun or comfortable. Because I don't want anyone in this room To hear Jesus deny them before the Father. Or to hear these terrifying, to have this terrifying scenario be theirs one day. From the Sermon on the Mount, His Kingdom Manifesto. We looked at this weeks and weeks ago. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name drive out demons, and your name perform many miracles, and I will tell them plainly, homilegeo, by the way, I will declare, I will affirm, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Brothers and sisters, it's October 1st, 2023, the first Sunday of the final quarter of the year 2023. And we're to acknowledge Jesus publicly. Are you? Am I? Are we acknowledging by our words and our actions before our family, our friends, our coworkers, employees, those in power over us? Next question, we are to love him supremely. And get ready. Jesus, is he not done? (laughs) Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth? I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Understand, this is meant to shock both our hearts and minds. Uh, This is meant to be a gut punch and stop us in our tracks of how we think things are. I mean, we hear this and we think, hey, wait a minute, Jesus, didn't Isaiah say that you're the Prince of Peace? Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. And that the greatness of your government and peace, there will be no end? And didn't Isaiah also said that your kingdom will be proclaimed and your peace proclaimed from the mountains? And didn't the angels cry out to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth? And didn't you say in John 14, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. And in John 16, I've told you these things that you may have peace in me. And didn't Paul start every one of his letters, every one, grace and peace from God? And didn't Paul write in Romans 5 verse 1, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus, all throughout scriptures, we read about how, how you came to bring the peace of God and help us make peace with God. Jesus says, yeah, you're right. That's true. But before peace comes, a sword comes. Before peace comes, a cutting comes. Before peace comes, a dividing comes. And what is a sword? For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I'm so before Jesus can bring his peace, he brings his sword, a sword that penetrates, a sword that cuts, a sword that divides, a sword that causes people to choose, to acknowledge him or to deny him. You see, there's no middle ground with Jesus. We are either for him or we are against him. We either acknowledge him or we deny him. And I suppose I've come to bring peace on the earth. I've come to bring peace, but a sword. And then Jesus gives us two examples where the divide, where the cutting is most painful. And he tells us that we must love him more than we love Our family. Or not worthy of him. He says, for I've come to turn, that word turn means to cut into two parts. It suggests the idea of inciting a revolt or showing or sowing discord. You see, Jesus driving passion is peace, but not at the expense of truth and discipleship. For I've come to turn to Incite a revolt to sow discord. To come to turn a man against his father, daughter against her mother, daughter in law against her mother in law. Man, enemies will be members of his own household. And I get that family can be important to us today, but back then in that culture, it was even more important. Family was like everything. Listen, when a son decided to follow Jesus, say, hey, dad, you know what? I'm not going to the temple anymore to offer any sacrifices because Jesus provided a sacrifice once and for all time. So I, I won't be doing that with the family anymore. It was a huge deal. I mean, sometimes they would literally have a, a funeral for that family because they were, family members, because they were dead to them now. They says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who does not love their son or daughter, anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. By the line, Jesus, the real Jesus, the Jesus we found in the Bible, not some Jesus we made in our own image. We can do that, right? Sometimes people say, hey, "Don't I don't hear so much of the Bible. Just give me Jesus. I'm here to tell you guys, there is no Jesus without the Bible, right? Your Jesus you make without the Bible is a Jesus of your own imagination. That's why he agrees with you all the time, right? He likes what you like. He dislikes what you dislike but the real Jesus who calls us to follow him and love him by obeying his commandments this Jesus demands that who he is and that the life he calls us to must come first before a family for a spouse for a husband for a parent for our children must come first One guy I read this week wrote, uh, being a Christian following Jesus may mean that you have created division in your own home, but that's a mark of a true disciple. A true disciple is not going to hang on to those relationships to the extent that he will not commit himself fully to the Lordship of Jesus. He goes on to say, uh, there are wives that will not come to Christ for fear of separation from their husbands. There may be Husbands will not come to Christ for fear of separation from their wives. Their children will not come to Christ for fear of their father or mother. Vice versa and cetera, he writes. See, there will be people who will not take a stand for Christ because they want to maintain the family thing. And Jesus says, a true disciple will forsake his family. Now, it doesn't have to be that way, right? I mean, when I came to Christ, first generation, first-generation Christian, my family did not disown me, right? I didn't have to choose. You can't love Jesus and love us too. But if that time ever comes, that's the test for us. Are we willing to love Jesus more? Are we willing to say Jesus, His Lordship, His will, His ways, and His church, which is His body, come first? And a lot of people would like to separate... Loving Jesus from loving his church? I don't think you can. The head is Jesus. The church is his body. So we're saying, hey, I'm going to decapitate Jesus and just love the head. I don't think you can do that. If you love Jesus, you love his church. If you're not loving his church, you don't really love Jesus. At least not as much as you think you do. And the church is not a building, it's people, right? It's you and I loving and caring and being there for each other. We must love Jesus supremely more than our families and more than our own lives. See, before peace comes, a sword comes in us, and we've got to choose. Hey, am I going to live for me and my wants and desires? Am I going to continue to be the Lord of my life? Jesus cuts. He says, Hey, Steve, here's the dividing line me all the way, or you live for you. What way are you going to choose? And that causes conflict. That's a sword. He says, "Whoever does I take up their cross. And listen, when they heard that, I'll tell you what they weren't thinking. Number one, they weren't thinking about Calvary because that didn't happen yet. And, and they weren't thinking of sometimes we're like, well, you know what? My wife is my cross. My, my husband, my job, my leaky roof, my rundown car, the neighbor dog who barks all night and I can't sleep, that's my cross to bear. That's not, no. When they heard cross, they thought of one thing. They thought of death. And they knew it meant death because these guys, except for Judas Iscariot, were from Galilee. And shortly before Jesus said this, there was a guy named Judas of Galilee who decided, hey, you know what, let's, let's throw Rome out. It didn't work so good. And, and, and the, the Roman general, Varius decided, hey, you know what, I'm going to crucify 2,000 of these Jews and line the roads with them. And guess what every Jew had to do who was going to be crucified? He had to take up his cross. And drag that cross to his place of crucifixion. And so when they heard this, they're thinking, hey, Jesus is talking about us being willing to physically die or being willing to deny and die to ourselves. Jesus said in Luke 9 23, whoever wants to be a disciple must deny themselves. Whoever wants to be a disciple must deny themselves. And take up the cross daily and follow me. Jesus says, Whoever finds his life will lose it. He says, Whoever chooses to live for themselves, to live for the world, to live for the things of the world, will lose his life. We'll find that it doesn't work. All those jobs and all those relationships and all that pleasure and all that fun and all that accumulation, and all that stuff, they didn't really satisfy. And it will lead to them ultimately being disowned by Jesus. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Luke 9, 24 and 25, whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world? Oh, what a great guy. What a great entrepreneur. What a great innovator. Yeah, let's applaud him. Let's, let's build a statue to him and yet forfeit or lose their very self. We must love Jesus supremely. More than our family, more than our careers, more than our dreams, more than our wants, more than our habits, more than our hobbies, more than our stuff, more than our homes, more than our money, more than anything. Do you love Jesus supremely? Do I love Jesus supremely? Maybe we should reflect on that week. Maybe we should reflect on that this week and say, hey, by the way I live, And the way I allocate my time and resources and energy and passion Am I demonstrate that I love this thing, that thing, that person more than I actually love Jesus? Acknowledge him publicly, love him supremely Rejoice with him expectantly. Jesus ends with a very positive note. (laughs) we're like, woo, thank you, Jesus, right? Hey, guys, it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all negative stuff. Yeah, you will get hurt. People will hate you, persecute you. And the sword I bring, when you bring the sword of my word into your world, it will divide and cut, but it's not all negative. And he says some pretty cool things. And so we are to rejoice with him expectantly, number one when people find real life. He says, whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And we'll find what? We'll find real life. We'll rejoice when the people we're sharing with find the full, abundant, satisfying life that Jesus came to bring them, John 10, verse 10. We'll rejoice when they discover that Paul discovered that to live is Christ. We'll rejoice when they take hold of life that is fully life, First Timothy chapter 6. A life that is all about having, will rejoice when they have a life that's all about a living hope, 1 Peter 1, 3. will rejoice when they have a life that, that experiences a peace beyond all understanding, Philippians 4, 7. will rejoice when they get to experience an inexpressible and joyous joy, 1 Peter 1, verse 8. Joy even in the midst of hardship and suffering, James 2 through 4. We'll rejoice when they Get to experience a glory that will be revealed to them that is greater than their present suffering. We'll rejoice when they discover a life that is content in every circumstance. Whether well fed or hungry, living in plenty or in want, through Christ Jesus, who gives them both contentment and strength. Philippians 4 12 and 13. We'll rejoice when they have a life that's all about their past being forgiven their future in heaven being guaranteed and their presence being, present being filled with the glory and power of God. you many because you declared and displayed the kingdom will find real satisfying life and they'll receive both Jesus and the Father. He who receives you, like he who receives you, accepts your message, receives me, Jesus. And he who receives me, receives the one who sent me. Uh, That word receive means to, it means to accept, to take a hold of. The one who receives you and your message receives Jesus, receives salvation, receives forgiveness, receives grace, receives his righteousness as a robe to wear. And the one who receives Jesus receives the Father, receives adoption, becomes his child. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Like, are you kidding me? Because you declared and displayed God's kingdom to someone, They receive Jesus? And they receive the Father? And they get to hear Jesus say, this one belongs to me? Are you kidding me? And lastly, we'll rejoice when they receive their reward. Anyone who receives a prophet, receives a prophet's reward. Anyone who receives a righteous man, will receive a righteous man's reward. Receiving a prophet is you're receiving the words that he says, the message that he's giving. Receiving a righteous man means we receive and accept the righteous life that he's living. And and what Jesus is saying is that when you go out representing God in your life by your lips, by your speaking and by your living, those who receive you, will receive the same reward that you receive. I'm saying, God rewards those who speak the, his gospel and who live a kingdom life. And those who receive and accept that message from you will be rewarded with the same reward. Pretty good. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose a reward. Understand, Jesus saying that uh, those who, even in a very small way, giving a glass of water in order to support his mission and his ministry, and you're doing that because, hey, this person is a disciple of Jesus, he says, hey, they're going to be rewarded. Like, understand that anything you do to help someone— Who's helping other people find Jesus, God says, Hey, I'll tell you what, they're not gonna lose a reward. It can be a small thing as as a cup of water, it can be keeping the nursery, it it can be cutting the yard. Whatever we do for Him, if we expand His ministry, we are rewarded. People reward it, one writer wrote, people reward it when they believe our message because they receive the salvation we preach. They'll be rewarded when they receive us. Because they will share in the very reward we have for that proclamation. And they'll reward rewarded when they help us along in our ministry because God will not hold back a reward to those who have shared in the ministry for him. Okay, we're about done, for real. And what Jesus is saying, when, when we d d his K, when we declare and display his kingdom, that was pretty hip and cool right there, wasn't it? Somebody you are going to write that down. You're going to use that this week, right? When we do that, listen, this is so incredible. And this is why even though it's tough and hard, we get persecuted, we get let down, we mess up, we fall. But when we do that, we become a source of blessing and reward for other people. Like they will find real life. They will receive both Jesus and the Father. And they will be rewarded for accepting and receiving the message of the kingdom and the righteous lifestyle of the kingdom. And they'll be rewarded for sharing in the work of his mission and ministry. In the end, when all is said and done, they will receive Jesus. Picture this, I was in a prayer time this morning, I was, I was picturing the scene, like, oh, this is, God, that'd be so cool. You're in heaven. You've already got the, hey, this one's one of mine, and you're sitting off to the side. And someone you took the time to share with is now standing there. And Jesus looks at them. It's that family member you've been praying for, it's that friend, it's that coworker. it's that classmate. And they're a little nervous like you were, like, gosh, I don't know. Am I going to be all right? and they and Jesus says I have a father that friend that coworker that family member belongs to Jesus now and they look over at you and they wink their eye and they mouth two words thank you see we get to be a part and join God in this incredible opportunity of changing people's lives now and changing their eternities. So despite the fact that it's hard and difficult, Jesus ends so positively. It's the first Sunday of the final quarter of 2023. Some opportunities like maybe somebody that's coming from our our neighbors to the block party will be standing there because we had that block party and you showed up and had a conversation with them. You cook something really awesome. Like, hey, you cook this. Why well, I cook this. Well, wow, this is awesome. Who knows what guy would use it, right? Or maybe it's that friend you're going to invite to invite Sunday. Or maybe it's because you said, you know what? I've been walking through the doors on Sunday, and I haven't really invested myself into the ministry here. And you're going to say, hey, I'm going I'm to help out. Where can I help out? You're going to give a cup of cold water, and you'll certainly not you lose your reward. And so I just want to encourage you, man. You know, October, God is wanting to do great things. I believe he can. I'm asking him to help me with my unbelief. But please don't miss the opportunity that we have. Because I can't think of no better feeling, can you, to see that person you love? Look in the, look in the eye and just say, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for making the effort. Thank you for sharing Jesus. Thank you for showing me what this life looks like. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to take communion. God, we love you. And God, may we live our lives with the end in mind and live it expectantly knowing that when we stand before you because of our faith in you, our commitment to you, our love for you, Then we stand before you, you're going to say, this one belongs to me. God, help us. God, increase our passion and burden for those who need you. Help us become the people that you want us to be. May we acknowledge you publicly. May we love you supremely. And may we rejoice with you expectantly as more and more people come to know you. In Jesus' name. Amen.